The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. The Eagles are at the podium, and we have it all for you right here, powered by SB Nation and LeadingGreenNation.com. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. You can also follow the podcast at BGN underscore radio as well. Coming up, we're going to have the post-game news conferences from Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz following their humiliating and infuriating 37-10 loss to the Cowboys in Dallas. And then we're also going to have Doug's presser from Monday as well. But before we get to all that, some thoughts from me about Sunday night's loss at the hands of the Cowboys. And look, there's so much to say about what happened. I mean, the analysis is kind of secondary. What's happening with the Eagles right now, it's, it's, it's a feel thing. They don't look ready to play. They don't feel like they're ready to play. And this was the most disappointing performance I think we've seen from a Doug Peterson coach team. I mean, they've had bad losses in previous seasons before. Last year's loss to the Saints in New Orleans, they lost by a wider margin. But I think we went into that game kind of knowing the Eagles were about ready to run into a buzzsaw. And that's exactly what happened. So that one wasn't as shocking. Going into Dallas on Sunday night, I really thought the Eagles were going to win that football game. I really thought they were due to have a good game against that football team because I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are a really good football team. I certainly think they're more talented than the Eagles right now. That much is clear. A lot of people I saw online last night as this was happening in real time were wondering if the Eagles should be sellers now. And the answer to that question is is no. Last night's game came at a couldn't have come at a worse time. Drops the Eagles to 3 and 4 on the season, the Cowboys now 4 and 3 and essentially with a two-game lead in the division because when you count the head-to-head matchups, Uh, If the two teams had the same record, the Cowboys would still be ahead. But of course, these teams will see each other in the penultimate week of the season coming up here uh, in late December. So each week when I do these at the podiums, I think moving forward, because there's usually a lot to say, I'm going to try and distill it all down into something that I'm going to call my three things. All right, so the first thing is that the Cowboys are clearly much better than the Eagles right now. You, you, you couldn't watch those two teams play and say to yourself with any kind of objectivity that the Eagles and Cowboys are the same talent-wise right now. They're not. Dallas is playing a, a, a different brand of football than the Eagles are right now. They're much better. Dak, listen, we like to criticize Dak Prescott because he's, he's not the best quarterback in the world, and Dallas is going to have to overpay him like a franchise quarterback. And, and Dak, Dak Prescott likely is going to cost the Cowboys games at some point late in the season and or in the playoffs. But right now, Dak is out playing Carson Wentz. It's not, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy. It's 
you look at it, last night, Dak Prescott played a great game. He didn't make mistakes. He took what the defense gave him. The defense gave him some short fields, and he converted touchdowns on those short fields. He only threw one pick. It was when he was up big, threw a ball deep into the end zone that Jalen Mills made a really nice play on. I mean, I'm not going to get on Dak Prescott for that interception. If Carson had thrown an interception like that, we wouldn't be killing Carson for that. You gotta, you got to call it like it is. Dak outplayed Carson last night. But Dak also has a better offensive line. He has better skill position players. Ezekiel Elliott now 5-0 and against the Eagles. The Eagles have never beaten the Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup. And they tried to stop him again last night. Jim Schwartz was loading the box with defenders, and Ezekiel Elliott in the offensive line was still battering the Eagles backwards. Averaged over five yards a carry last night. And Dak has a defense that gives him some short fields too. When the Dallas defense is healthy, that's an athletic group. That's a good group. And Dak made a lot of really solid throws last night. That pass that he made to Amari Cooper along the right sideline, where Jalen Mills had great position and threw it just over Mills' fingertips, and he has a receiver that can make a catch like that in Amari Cooper. Made some really solid throws, made some solid decisions uh, when facing the blitz. Got the ball out quickly, got out of trouble, took advantage of the Eagles' defense. He was very good last night. You got to give Dak Prescott uh, props. He was very good. And the Amari Cooper trade has turned out to be a great one for Dallas. He's transformed that offense. Ha- you see what having a skill position player on the outside, even just one, like Amari Cooper does to an offense. That's why Deshaun Jackson, that's why him going out has been so critical. I know a lot of people are saying that Losing Deshaun Jackson shouldn't submarine an entire offense. And, and, and that's right. We're going to get to that more in just, a, in, just a few, in just a minute. But you also see what having one dynamic player on the outside, how much that opens up the offense. And, I, you know, I think what we're also seeing right now is that the Eagles were correct in their analysis not to trade two first-rounders for Jalen Ramsey. They need way more than that right now. If Jalen Ramsey was on the field last night, the Eagles don't win that football game. They probably don't stay close. And the snap counts and the production levels tell the story of the talent level between these two teams. Nelson Aguilar has played 230 snaps the last four games, seven catches, 86 yards, one touchdown, one fumble, and that awful play. Was that late third quarter or was that early fourth quarter? I think it was early fourth quarter when Carson threw the bomb downfield. He said, when I threw it, I thought we had a touchdown. And for whatever reason, it's hard to tell with the angle exactly how far the ball away was from Nelson Aguilar, but he just, he can't track the ball. And I've seen some people say, well, Aguilar was able to track some of uh, some of Nick Foles' balls. Let's, come on. Nelson Aguilar is an objectively bad wide receiver. The numbers bear it out. BLG has posted the numbers on Twitter, the Pro Football Focus and Football Outsiders numbers on, on Nelson Aguilar. With the exception of 2017, he's always graded as one of the worst wide receivers in football. So, I mean, Nelson Aguilar was tracking the ball well from Carson Wentz in 2017. He's had one year where he's been able to do it. Now he can't, for whatever reason. And that looked like, I mean, that just looked like a lack of effort. And I'm not so sure it was lack of effort. I just think he couldn't find the ball. Aguilar didn't didn't make the effort to go up and get it because I don't think he knew how. His He doesn't have the body control to do it. That's thing number one, is that it's pretty clear Dallas has more talent than the Eagles do right now. Number two is that the offense has no identity whatsoever. I made a point last night that watching this watching this, this Eagles offense is kind of like watching a bunch of singles hitters. You know, you need six singles to string together two runs. You can't you can't string to get you can't have big innings when you need six or seven hits to do it. That's what the Eagles' offense is right now. They need to get, they need like nine first downs, not nine first downs. They need six first downs every drive to score a touchdown. 
and and those red zone numbers and those third down conversion numbers from early in the season that were among the league's best, they're dipping because defenses are catching on. And it's the slow starts. The slow starts are happening on both offense and defense, which is a clear indication that something is wrong with the coaching. The Eagles did not come ready to play on Sunday night, which is seems incredible to me given the stakes of that game. And given what Doug Peterson said on WIP, saying that they were going to go to Dallas and win. When you're going to talk the talk, Doug, you got to walk the walk. You cut a guy who was mouthing off the week before, a guy you probably could have used last night, and you went out and did the same thing. It's it's good to be confident. But you got to answer for it when you come out and play that badly. And he did not have his team ready to play last night. Turnovers gave the, field, the Cowboys short fields, and these early deficits are impossible to overcome every week. Every week except the Jets game, they've been down by more 10 or more points in the first quarter. You can't do that. Back in 2017 and parts of 2018, the defense, when the offense has put them in a bad situation like that, they've been known for holding teams to field goals. Well, now they're giving up touchdowns every drive. They're not keeping teams out of the end zone recently. They're, they're giving up touchdowns, especially against Minnesota and Dallas these last couple weeks. I mean, what is it that the Eagles do well? What is their identity on offense? What are they known for? It seems like Doug wants to be known as a guy who can run the ball again. Why Why is he trying to jam the run down everyone's throat? It makes no sense. Your best player is Carson Wentz. Maybe the, maybe the, here's what I think is happening. I think the Green Bay game messed with their minds. When you saw the offensive line dominate Green Bay's lighter defense, and they were only playing one linebacker, and they were going heavy secondary when the Eagles were in 12 personnel. They had so much success running the ball, it looked like the offensive line was just going to pave the road for the rest of the season. But they haven't done that in any game since, and Doug continues to try to establish the running game early, which I'm not, which I'm okay with as long as it's working. But after you come back, you go down 14 to seven. You get, I mean, go down 14 nothing. You get the touchdown. It's 14 seven. You get the ball back. You run three straight running plays, and especially on third and four with Miles Sanders, who's averaging 2.3 yards a carry. That's mind-boggling play calling. What I mean, what is the thought process behind that? What is your identity? I mean, this is are you a running team? Are you a passing team? Are you a 12 personnel team? Are you a spread it wide team? Because they're trying to do it all right now. They're trying to do it all. They're trying to run a lot until it until they fall behind and then they got to pass constantly. But they're still trying to run in the second half. They get the ball for their first possession in the third quarter and they're putting together a 6-minute drive. Then it's in 3 points. And you're down by 17. You got to score. You got to go. You got to pass the ball. It, given given the game script yesterday, it's insane that Carson Wentz didn't have at least 40 pass attempts. 40 pass attempts. It's insane. He should have been chucking the ball. But I mean, that's the thing. Who's he? Who's he throwing to? When the I think the thing that people look to Nick Foles and the way the offense ran with Nick Foles is that when Nick Foles was in the game, it seemed as though the Eagles had an identity. They were going to be an RPO team. They were going to be a team that got the ball out super fast, quick hits, move the ball down the field that way. And it worked. I don't think Doug Peterson knows how to use Carson Wentz. They are not taking advantage of his athleticism. They are not taking advantage of the... It seems like, and, and I think Carson Wentz also is wants to do more than his position than his skill players will allow him to do, which is frustrating. They're not getting open. They're, they're, they're trying to establish stuff down the field and they're not getting open. And so Carson has to hold the ball and hold the ball. And he's trying to wait for somebody to clear up with Deshaun Jackson. Now teams are doubling Zach Ertz. They're not allowing Zach to get open. Although Ertz did say on Sunday night that they weren't double teaming him. So it's a real mystery. The all 22 is going to tell a lot as to why Zach Ertz 
isn't getting involved. That was one of the beautiful things about 2017 is the way Doug Peterson and the offense found ways to get their skill position players open, especially Zach Ertz. They have not figured out a way to utilize Zach Ertz this year. And we kept hearing about the breakout season from Dallas Goddard. He had an okay game, with, uh, but that opening fumble was a killer. He did have the nice touchdown, but you're not seeing the mismatches with these two tight ends on the field that you thought you were going to see. It's not creating mismatches because teams don't have to worry about the guys on the outside. You don't have to worry about Alshon Jeffrey getting behind you. You don't have to worry about Mac Hollins at all. You don't have to worry about Nelson Aguilar at all. You don't have to account for those guys at all. And so I don't think Doug knows what to do with his offense. There's no identity to this offense whatsoever. So does that mean Mike Groh needs to go? How much of this is Mike Groh's fault? I'm not going to call for Mike Groh to be fired. I don't call for people to be fired. I don't do it when I'm talking about the Phillies. I'm not going to do it when I'm talking about the Eagles. But I don't know what Mike Groh is bringing to the operation here. It's pretty clear that once Frank Reich left, things went south here. And they have been struggling ever since to find that balance on offense, that that play-calling groove, that mojo that they had in 2017 since Frank Reich left. And you see the success he's having in Indianapolis with a backup quarterback in Brissett. Obviously, he's their starter now. I mean, he entered the season as the backup. So I think that Green Bay game messed Doug up. I think he, I think what he wanted was for that offensive line to pave the road and do exactly what they did in Green Bay every week. And the offensive line has gotten away with a lot of criticism. We've been focusing on the wide receivers. We've been focusing on the defensive line. We've been focusing on the cornerbacks. The offensive line has underachieved this year. This was supposed to be one of the top three or four offensive lines in football. Maybe their top third. Maybe they're 12, 13, 14, but that's not good enough right now. That This offensive line has to give Carson Wentz clean pockets. He was running for his life for so much of last night and has been for the last few weeks. And they haven't been opening up holes in the running game a lot. Jordan Howard's getting you four yards every every time he runs, but when you when you fall down 14-0, 14-7, you can still try to establish the run, but the offensive line is not doing a good enough job. Lane Johnson had a horrible game on Sunday night, as you know by now. And I thought Andre Dillard played okay, with the exception of those two bull rushes back-to-back that he got beaten on in the second half. He did okay other than that. But this offense has no identity. No identity whatsoever. And, and the defensive identity, as you've heard Kisten Solak talking about over and over again, is just flat out wrong. That they sell out to stop the run and leave their undermanned cornerback position on islands back there where they're continually getting beaten deep. I'm not going to go into all that because you've heard Kisten Solak talk about it. What they're saying is 100% correct. Jim Schwartz is not scheming things up to accentuate the strengths that he has. It's what makes Bill Belichick and other defensive coordinators so good, is that they they look at what they have and they accentuate, they accentuate the strengths. And Jim Schwartz is not doing that. He's saying, this is my system, and I'm going to try to jam these square pegs into these round holes and try and make it work. All right, third thing. The 2019 Eagles are the 2019 Phillies, at least right now. And for those of you who followed the Phillies in the offseason, the parallels are, un- are incredible. Halfway through the season here, the Eagles are a 500 team. They're middling. They're average, despite the high expectations. There's real uncertainty with the top coordinators, Jim Schwartz and Mike Rowe, whether or not they can do the job. The Phillies fired their top coordinators, their hitting coach and pitching coach, because they couldn't do the job. Poor drafting has led to a shortage in young talent. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside can't see the field. Sidney Jones didn't play a single snap on Sunday night. There's been no impact defensive help. I mean, Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett had good games last night. Okay, one game. And I realize some of these guys are going to be up and down, but these are not rookies. Josh Sweat is not a rookie. Derek Barnett is not a rookie. Sidney Jones is not a rookie. 
they need to get more help from their young players, and they're not getting it. There's a there's a severe lack of young talent on this team. Mac Hollins, non-factor. Coaching staff has it's been unable to make the young players better. How has Mac Hollins played 138 snaps for the Eagles the last four weeks and not had a single catch? J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, two receptions for 14 yards and 158 offensive snaps this season. Why aren't these guys getting any better? We're still waiting for the Dallas Goddard breakout. None of the cornerbacks are getting better. Sidney Jones, Razul. There's a lack of offense. Like the Phillies, the Eagles can't hit the home run either. Bunch of singles hitters, as I mentioned a minute ago. Total misjudgment of the talent level of the existing players. Some of these guys who we brought back are just not playing well. Jason Peters is not playing well, and now he's hurt. Uh, Lane Johnson has not played very well in, in a couple of different games. Fletcher Cox. Where, where's Fletcher Cox? He's been invisible. He showed up for a few, a few plays in the second half, but he's been invisible. Zach Ertz. Where is Zach Ertz? Why isn't he getting more involved in these games? Total misjudgment of the talent level of the cornerbacks. They didn't address it by going out and getting a top cornerback. The edge rush. They didn't go out and, and, and help buffer up the edge rush. Just a total misjudgment of the talent level of the existing players. And then the GM put a roster together that ignored clear areas of concern, edge rusher and cornerback, and attempted to solve problems at linebacker but misjudged talent there. LJ Fort and Zach Brown were obviously huge misses. And now you're seeing, with Nigel Bradham out, you're seeing the laughingstock that is the Eagles linebackers. People talk all the time about how linebackers don't matter in the Eagles defense. They do matter some. You can't have guys like Nate Gary out there who don't know what they're doing unless it's third and long. You can't have TJ Edwards out there and expect him to make plays. You can't have Kamu Grugier-Hill out there as your number one linebacker. This is an area of the team that has never been good since Jordan Hicks has one good season. And now Jordan Hicks is making plays, and they could have used him, but they're not going to pay him what the Cardinals ended up paying him. So the GM put a roster together that was flawed. He let people go that are thriving elsewhere, like Jordan Hicks for one. Jordan Hicks, I compare a lot to Carlos Santana right now. For those of you who don't know who Carlos Santana is, didn't play well at first base for the Phillies in 2018. They traded him away. He had, a, he had an all-star season in 2019. Same thing's happening with Jordan Hicks. And right now, there is a team in the division that is clearly better than them. The Phillies are looking up at the Nationals and Braves. The Eagles are looking up at the Cowboys. And I think they're closer to closing, closer to closing the gap, but it's, it's not going to be easy. And so where are the leaders on this team? The Phillies, it seemed, didn't have a whole lot of good leadership in their clubhouse. Where is the leadership in this team? Where are the veteran leaders? One thing we kept hearing about is how good the Eagles locker room is. I don't go inside the locker room, so maybe it's, maybe it's great, but you've got all these anonymous sources talking to Josina Anderson or whoever it is, going behind the back and talking to the Philly voice about Carson Wentz. There's something going on. And it, it certainly says a lot that the Eagles didn't come out to play at all on Sunday night. Eagles leaders should have this team ready to go. Some of the Eagles' big leaders, like Malcolm Jenkins, played terribly on Sunday night. And you're going to have bad games every now and then. I'm not going to kill a player for having one bad game. But you're entering a point where you've got to just play well. You've got to play well if you want to save this season. And so let's talk about Carson Wentz real quick. Because I think that if you believe Wentz is an MVP candidate, then he's got to play at the level of some other guys and, and elevate the level of some of his players. And it's just not happening. Now, I know he's getting no help. He, he's, he's put some balls in some positions. Aguilar's uh, drop touchdown. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's drop touchdown. So many drops. He, he is putting his players in a position to succeed. So I'm not sure what more you could expect from Carson, except for Sunday night. He had a bad game on Sunday night. And here's why I think that is. Wentz is playing so tight right now. Carson Wentz, is since he came back last year, has been playing with the weight of Super Bowl expectations on his shoulder. His team went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl without him. He knows that. 
He's trying to get back, and he's trying to get it done now to get his team back to the Super Bowl. But he's looking at the things that are falling apart around him, and he's trying to force things. That's what he did on Sunday night. He was forcing things. He was playing too fast. He was trying to jam things in there that weren't there. I think he's playing way too tight. I think he's playing with too much frustration out there. He's playing with the world on his shoulders. He knows. He knows he has to be perfect. And it's impossible to be perfect when there are no wide receivers to throw to. And his tight end has disappeared. He hasn't, I don't think Carson Wentz has had fun for one second on the football field since he got back last year. It doesn't help when you're down every game and every game is a grind to come back. You've got to grind out every first down. You've got to grind out from a 10 point, 14 point deficit. You got to squeeze every last bit of, uh, every last little bit of production, like trying to get blood from a rock. That's what Carson Wentz's life as an NFL quarterback is right now. He's, he is playing so tight, and that's why I think we're not seeing him play well. It's 100% work for Carson and 0% joy. In 2017, he was having fun. Since he came back, the pressure to get back to the Super Bowl has been all-encompassing, and they're coming up short, and he knows it. And I think that's what I think that has been the big problem for Carson Wentz. I don't think it's that he's not showing up. I think it's that he's just playing way too tight. He's not playing carefree football. He's not playing loose football. And when you play where you're terrified of making a mistake, when you think that you have to put everything on your shoulders, you're not going to succeed. All right, so here we are. At the end of the day, the Eagles are 3-4. and four, And look, we all are really pessimistic about this team right now. They certainly don't look like a playoff team. But at 3-4, and four, they are still in the playoff hunt. Their odds took a big hit last night, no doubt about it. But they can still make a run here. They have four more really challenging games in front of them, but then the schedule lightens up. So here's kind of how I see their schedule shaking out. I think they will win at Buffalo next week. And then I will think they beat Mitch Trubisky and the Bears at home to go to 5-4. and four. Then I think after the bye, they lose to the Seahawks and Patriots and fall to 5-6. and six. They win at the Dolphins. They win at the Giants, win versus the Giants. They win versus the, the, the Washington football team. So that puts them at 8-6. and six for a home game against the Cowboys, which could be for the division lead, and there's the season right there. Right now, I probably have to pick the Cowboys to win that game. But let's see how the next few weeks work out. If Deshaun Jackson comes back and he's healthy, then this offense is going to be different. This offense is going to change. And I think you're going to see a more potent offense. If that happens, I really like the, the Eagles' chances from here on out. But we don't know when the Eagles are going to get Deshaun Jackson back. Maybe they make a trade for Robbie Anderson. Maybe they make a trade for Emmanuel Sanders to get Carson Wentz some help, and that opens up the offense just a little bit. But let's also just remember, if you want a more optimistic tone here, the Eagles have hit these low points before. In 2016, they lost to the Bengals 32-14. to They bounced back and played really well from that point afterwards. They didn't make the playoffs, but they finished up 2016 strong. In 17, Wentz goes down to the Rams. Nick Foles comes in rallies the team they win the Super Bowl last year they lose 48 to 7 to the Saints what happened and then after that they lost to the Cowboys on that in that overtime game where they had that game stolen from them and then Carson Wentz goes out for the season again I would argue that was the low point we thought the season was for sure over and then Nick Foles comes in and beats the Rams they beat the Texans they beat the Washington uh, football team and uh, they get a little help and they get into the playoffs and they go on a little bit of a run so now they have a 37-10 loss to the Cowboys. Can they bounce back with Carson? They've bounced back the last two years by going with going back to Nick Foles. Can they bounce back with Carson? I think it's an open question. It's a fair question. Whether or not Carson, I just have one piece of advice. 
Just exhale, man. Just breathe. Don't put the weight of the world on your shoulders. Man, you just got to go out there and play some ball. Just go out there and play some ball. Things go wrong, you got to put it behind you. He's playing so tight with the world on his shoulders, and you can't win that way. You just can't win that way. All right, well, let's head to the podium, and we're going to hear from uh, uh, Doug Peterson, and then we're going to hear from Carson Wentz with their uh, post-game news conferences, and we'll take a quick break, and then we'll hear from Doug Peterson with his thoughts uh, from Monday uh, with a day after to think about what happened on the, in Dallas on Sunday night. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you feel like you were overconfident coming into this one? No, not at all. Do you regret um, voicing your confidence earlier in the week? Nope. Do not. Just felt like, uh, you know, I had a lot of confidence in this football team, a lot of, a lot of trust, a lot of faith in the guys. Had a good week of preparation. Um, and, and quite honestly, I just, you know, um, after a game like this, we all have to kind of step back, look in the mirror, especially myself. It starts with me. And um, this is one of those games that, uh, you know, I take personal from that standpoint. Uh, we didn't play well, and that's, that's, that's personal on me. So um, I got to get that fixed. You said that something similar last week. What can you say about the team? They just look unprepared tonight. Um, well, I don't know if turning the ball over is unprepared, but um, that that's that's we can't do that. We can't start the game that way. You know, we had two fumbles to start the game, uh, which led to 14 points. That's hard against good football teams. That's hard. You can't do that. You know, missed tackles, things like that. There's just things that uh, we look at that uh, um, we have to fix, and we got to fix them in a hurry. Um, and then we'll take a hard look, you know, hard look at that in the next couple of days. What happened on the uh, deep ball to Nelson, where it looked like maybe if he had laid out, he'd have a chance to catch it. Do you explain that, or did you do you have any perspective on what happened on that play? We just missed. What was the uh, one behind the decision on third, four in the second quarter? You guys ran the ball. Yeah. Was that? Yeah, we have runs. We have ball? we have runs in that in that situation. Yeah, I I I, per, I elected to run the football. Didn't check turbo on there. That no, was yeah, I, I called the run. Yeah, because I thought we could. They were going to play a soft zone defense. We could run the ball. Carson wasn't able to get uh, very comfortable all night. Uh, what did you think of the protection tonight? Um, it's got to get better. Um, that's a good pass rush, though. Uh, I give them credit. It's a really good pass rush. So uh, we have to do our part. We got. We got to you know be critical of ourselves. We got to get better there and and uh, uh, improve. That's. Uh, can't can't uh, you know let our quarterback get hit that many times. Second quarter, they had a third, you guys had a third and seven. They they, they blitzed off the edge with a cornerback. Uh, we missed the protection. Just missed the protection. 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that. It could have been the back um, until I see the film and actually see where the call was made. Um, it could be a, a combination of a couple of things. Doc, you had said at the start of last week, we're going to go down there, we're going to win. Had you seen anything leading up to this game over those next six days to suggest a performance like this might be ahead? No, not at all. I thought uh, I thought uh, the guys were, uh, you know, you know, preparing themselves to, to come down here and, 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 and do that. Um, give, give Dallas credit. You know, they, just, they had a great game plan. Uh, they, they flat out beat us. Is this the worst loss since you've been here? It's either one or two, yes. Doug, does something have to change if you lose two games uh, by at least 18 points in a row? What has to change is we got to roll our sleeves up and go to work. We got to figure out what's, uh, you know, what's going on. We got nine games left. Um, it's going to start with me. I'm going to, I'm going to own this one, you know, for the football team. Um, I'm going to look hard the next couple of days, but uh, we got the guys in the locker room to get it fixed. Uh, I know that, and I still have a lot of faith in them and a lot of trust, and uh, we'll, we'll get it fixed. Talented enough? Yes. Why do you believe that? Because you see, you see signs of it. You see glimpses of it. Um, you know, obviously we're injured, and, and we got some guys that they're that missing, but uh, you know, we don't use that as an excuse, and and. Uh, uh, I do feel like we got enough talent on this football team to uh, to get the job done. So where you stand? What's over thirty back to back games? You know, I, I I look at it and and uh, I also got to you know I can't I can't put it all can't put it all on the defense. You know the turnovers. Um, you give you give you give Dallas a short field like that. You know teams are, and really teams are going to score anyway. I mean that's just uh, that's just what happens in this league and. So it's everybody. It's not just not just one unit, um, you know. And, and that's the thing that uh, you know we, we have to look at here in the next couple of days and, and, and get it fixed in a hurry. Did the game have a catch in the first three quarters uh, targeted once? What did they do scheme wise to take him out? Um, it wasn't it wasn't a lot of a lot of stuff they did. I mean, you know, they they played their defense like like we thought. Um, you know, obviously the protection broke down, so Carson couldn't really set his feet and deliver the football uh, to him. Uh, but uh, I thought Zach did make make a couple of tough catches, uh, you know, in this game. But again, you know, something we'll have to evaluate and look at. You ran a lot, ran the ball a lot. I think eleven of your first seventeen plays. Um, Jordan had some success. Uh, was that the plan going in? Uh, did anything change after the first two turnovers in terms of your play call? Well, as far as running the ball. Um, you know, we felt like uh, we had a good run plan. Um, there were some, uh, there were some kills in there. Uh, you know, for the quarterback to get to. Um, you know, um, you can't listen. You fall down fourteen nothing. Something's got to get. You know, something's got to change, and and, and kind of takes you out of your rhythm a little bit. Um, put a drive together, scored, got ourselves back in it, but. Uh, you know, we just couldn't couldn't seem to catch up. You tried different ways last week to wake up this team, motivate this team. What more can you do? How do you get it across to this team? Well, you know, listen. It, obviously, it starts with me. And and when you wake up and come into the building every day, you, you got to come there ready to work, ready to, to prepare. And and, um, and and it's with everybody. It's just not you know you're not pointing the finger at one one group or one person. It's everybody. It's it's me included. And. Um, you know, and that's the message. That's just the message that we got to continue to prepare like we've been doing, put in the hard work, put in the time, you know, uh, and and get ourselves ready for another game. Do you see a correlation between 
this loss and a lack of motivation or a lack of preparedness? No. No, I, I feel like the guys were well prepared coming into this game. You know, uh, again, I've said it about three times already that uh, they they were they were prepared. I mean, in you know, you can't turn the ball over like we did. I mean, that's flat out the bottom line in, in games like this. You can't turn the ball over and give give good teams field position inside the fifty, inside the twenty, and, and expect to win the football game. So, to me, that's not not necessarily being being prepared. They were. There are other factors. And so from where you stand, what's the biggest problem? Starts with me. So I'm going to own this one. This this will be this one will be on me. Carson, what's your level of trust in your wide receiver group at this point? It's high. Yeah, it's very high. I mean, I, those guys go out there game in and game out, make plays, and um, I feel extremely confident uh, with them, you know, after this game and still going forward. And um, but at the end of the day, we just got to be better offensively. Today was a, it was a struggle. Obviously, um, they played us played us well. We did not play well, so uh, we got to correct some things and get back on. It. Yes, you said that last week too. What what do you see as the biggest problem at this point? <clears throat> I mean, I, all I know is when you turn out, turn the ball over the first two drives, that's hard. It makes it really hard. Put the defense in a bind early like that. Um, we can't do that. We can't do that. We got to execute better. We got to execute better early, especially. Um, we got to stop digging ourselves these holes, and uh, you know we can get a fix there. Didn't look like uh, you had a lot of time to throw today. A lot of pressure. Um, was it tough having enough time? <laughs> um, you know they had a good pass rush. Good pass rush, and um, you know like I said, we we got down early um, and made it tough on ourselves. So obviously, especially late in the game, we were. We're forced to, to throw the ball, and then you know they were pinning their ears back. And um, there's things I can do better. I got to have better pocket presence and, and help those guys out as well. So, um, but at the end of the day, we just got to all all be better. You had a seven in the uh, second quarter. Uh, they rushed a corner off the edge on you. Uh, he, he he came late. Uh, was that just a situation where you got you got to see him, or I mean, what? Yeah, I got to see that and make make the right protection call. In the fourth quarter, you threw it deep to Nelson. Um, did you catch it? Did, did you feel like the effort on the ball was there? And what did you see on the play? Well, I wish we. I thought we had a touchdown when I threw it. I didn't see the end result. Um, I, I was on the ground, so I didn't didn't get a chance to see. But um, you know, I, when I threw it, I thought we had I had a good one there. But I I got to make a better throw, obviously, and uh, hopefully get him in the end zone next time. What did they do to take Zach away today? Three quarters. He was he had zero catches. They didn't really do anything um, unusual, honestly. They played their defense. They play it well. Um, shoot, we barely had the ball the first half. We shot ourselves in the foot, got ourselves down, and you know it. They didn't really, like I said, they didn't do anything uh, out of out of the ordinary. We just got to you know stay on the field and be better early on, especially. How do you explain the way this team started games? Because Doug made the change in terms of getting the ball first, and he still went into the early bowl. How do you explain that? It sucks. It definitely sucks. It's, it's something that we got to get fixed. And, um, you know, I thought, you know, we came out, we were moving the ball, we were doing some good things, then the fumble happened. Um, and that stuff happens. That stuff happens, but it's unfortunate. And then the next drive, the same thing. You know, I fumbled. I got to protect the ball better. Um, and so those things are, are tough. You know, it's a good defense. They made a couple plays there early and, and got us in a hole. Looks like this the worst two losses he's experienced here. Where's it rank for you? I'd probably agree. I'd probably agree. I mean, especially back to back, the the way we've played, um, 
there's things we got to fix for sure. There's things we got to fix, but I'm confident that we can. Uh, I'm confident it's a long season and um, we can get these things fixed and get get her going in the right direction. Why are you confident that those are fixable things? Because uh, I've been with these guys. Uh, I've been with these guys. I know what we're all capable of. I know um, if we all just stay together, we can we can bounce back. And um, you know, we we had a rough night. At the end of the day, we had a rough night. We're all going to own it and, and move on and learn from it. Um, but, again, I'm, I'm extremely confident to get this thing going in the right direction. How would you describe the luck? Frustrated. A um, little embarrassed. You know, we, we, we didn't show up. We didn't show up. They, they beat the crap out of us, and uh, we got to be better. Um, but, like I said, I'm confident that we'll get things fixed. Um, you know, this is a, this is a ticked-off group. Um, we're going we're gonna to rebound from it, and, uh, you know, I'm confident we'll be all right. Carson, the back-to-back uh, bad losses coupled with like grumblings coming out of the locker room this week will lead to speculation that there is a fractured group. Uh, what, are, what are you seeing? I, I love that locker room. I have a lot of confidence in the guys, and um, I really think that these losses, obviously, you never want to lose, but I think it's going to pull us together, you know, and I think it's going to um, really cause us to look ourselves in the, in the mirror individually um, and, and take ownership of a lot of things but i think it'll pull us together and as a family um you know the leaders got to step up and make sure everyone's in this thing together and i'm confident that we'll do that and so from where you stand what's the biggest problem for this team right now execution um it, it's hard to pinpoint one thing obviously when you lose the way we did tonight um execution was was poor was very poor on the offensive side of the ball you know and um, that's a good team at the end of the day that's a, that's a good football team when you dig yourself a hole like that um, it's hard to come out of early on there was see more running than passing. Um, what was the reason for that? Um, I guess I don't know if that's actually true or not. I thought it was a pretty balanced approach. You know, we go into each each game trying to be balanced, um, and I thought we were moving the ball effectively both through the through the air and on the on the ground. Um, and like I said, those turnovers those turnovers killed us. And you know, we did get the one drive going there, um, but then after that, it was uh, tough sledding for us. Overall, how do you feel like you played tonight? Got to be better. Um, what was it? Three turnovers. That that can't happen. I got to be better with that. I got to protect the ball, um, and I got to be better leading this team for sure. On the first drive, um, deep pass to Alshon. Did you want that challenge? Do you think that? I I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. Um, it's always frustrating when you see a flag and then they pick it up, but I I couldn't see the jumbotron. It's ginormous above me. I can't even see what's going on. So uh, I have no. Uh, it's neither here nor there for me. What did the film show you this morning when you watched it? About what I thought. Um, inconsistent. Uh, you know, a little sloppy. Um, and and basically uh, enough enough to n- enough to coach off of, obviously, uh, to get better at, to fix. It's not one guy. It's not one you know one one unit. Uh, it's a collective effort. So uh, that's what we have to focus on this week and, and get better. Why didn't Sidney Jones play? Well, um, you know, we had Jalen Mills back this week, so so it was great to see him out there. Uh, Razul on the other side, and, um, you know, that was that was a game plan going in. Yeah, well, but when Mills left, Craig James went in ahead of Sidney. Yeah, that Sydney was, was, that was the plan. That was the plan this week. That was so the plan. Sidney's fine. Sidney's fine. He's okay. That's how you're fine. He's, not, he's okay. He's, not, he's your second round draft pick and you're not playing. Yeah, he's good. He's fine. He's fine. I'm sure you've been on teams when they face adversity can go one of two ways, either uh, kind of get better or worse. Are there signs that you look for from the team this week to kind of indicate which way this team will go? Yep. 
Uh, great example. Uh, I was one in five in Kansas City in 2015, and we won 10 straight um, after that. So um, I see a lot of the same similarities, you know, kind of where we are. We're, we're only three and four, and, and we're still a game out of, uh, you know, first place in our division here um, with a lot of football left. Um, obviously, sense of urgency has to has to pick up from, from the standpoint of, you know, each week becomes a little more important. Um, but uh, we got the we got the guys in the locker room. I got the coaches on this staff to, to get it done, and, and, that, and that's what we're going to do. What day of did you guys hold it together when you were one five in Kansas City? Like any similarities you can take to this situation? You know, I, I think I think number one, it, it starts with it starts with me, um, my messaging to the team, and then the leaders of the football team. Um, I think about you know back then uh, the guys that we had in that locker room you know and, and keeping it together and and that's that's the type of men we have we have here in this this locker room that uh, you know they're not going to let uh, one game define the season or a couple games define our season you know they're going to get better l- learn from it and that's what we did back then and and so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna carry that over to this year. So what are you seeing from the? What are you seeing from the wide receiver group? Overall, since Deshaun went out, uh, production-wise, effort, everything. Um, you know, there's 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 some good and, and there's some not so good. Uh, they they it, it's you know it, it's hard when your quarterback and sometimes doesn't necessarily have all the time, you know, to throw. He's he, he's having to scramble and move around and, and it gets you off rhythm, gets you off schedule, you know. So that's that's a part of it. Um, you know, we are, you know, getting some guys open and, and you know, we've uh, it's been, you know, documented already. I mean, we've drops and different things like that this year. But, you know, it's 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 still a it's still a group that that we have a lot of confidence in, a lot of trust, a lot of faith in. Um, we've had opportunities to, to complete balls down the field. We, we've missed. We missed last night uh, in the game. And, and we got to keep we just got to keep working. We can't. Um, we can't stop working, you know, with a lot of football left. You talk, about, you talk about sense of urgency, but what about the sense of accountability on this team? Players after we're talking about how they need to kind of maybe keep each other accountable when it comes to not showing up for late, late for practice, putting in the, the effort, the energy. So how do you, as the head coach, push down that message of accountability? Yeah, I think I think obviously that, that, that message starts with me, you know, and, and um, – I love the fact that they're talking that way, you know, and, and it, it shows that, that it means something to them, you know, and it's important to them. And and those are the little things that, you know, that, that uh, you carry it over into the into the work workplace. I mean, if, if an employee shows up late or is, is not on time for certain things, I mean, there's 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 consequences for that. And, and, and guys are not saying that's happening, but I'm just using that as an example from the standpoint of, that's a little thing, but it can magnify itself in a game. Meaning, you're not going to pay as much attention to your to your assignment or to alignments and, and different things. And, and that's kind of what's creeping in just a little bit. Um, but it starts with me, and that's that's where um, I get to control that message and and drive that point home. Why would something like that creep in when the team is having such a hard time here? I mean, I would think everybody would be super focused on doing everything they can to get out of this. Why would people be late for things? I didn't say they were. I'm just using that as an example. Um, you know, it, it can be, you know, missing an assignment in practice. Uh, you know, where, where, you know, this, this game, you know, it, it, we might be able to repeat it in practice and get the assignment right. 
uh, but you don't get that second chance in a game. And so same same way, you know, it's 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 where we all in this in this in this building with this football team, um, you know, just just and it's not a it's not a panic move. It's just we just got to make sure that uh, our sense of urgency and, and that accountability is there. And we 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 rely on so many people to get just to execute one play. You know, from from me calling the play to Carson calling it to Jim calling it into the linebackers and and getting that one play executed, you rely on a lot of folks, and 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 so that's that's the part that we can't lose sight of. At fourteen seven, you forced them to punt, and then you called three straight running plays. Why three straight running plays in that situation? Um, one where we were on the field, uh, we knew I knew that. Uh, you know, we were having some success, some success early in the game, running the football with with Jordan in there. Got to third and four uh, again. Felt like uh, field position wise and, and and the the defense that we were anticipating, we got it. Um, Miles just missed the hole, you know, and, and that happens with young guys, and we had a chance. It was it was a play designed for Miles. I mean, it was specifically designed for him. So that's just one of those things that we you know we do from from a game plan standpoint from time to time. Fourth and one, did you consider going for it? Not there, no. It was too far back. Yeah. Doug, yeah. There was a report that um, Alshon Jeffrey was behind the anonymous quotes to ESPN. Uh, number one, is that true? I think that was last week's news, so I'm not going to comment on that. I, I don't, I don't know. Number, I don't know. Number two, that that person, the person who reported it, um, doesn't technically work for the Eagles, but he's on the sideline with the Eagles. He flies with the Eagles. He wears a Super Bowl ring given to him by the Eagles. Are we to assume just because he reported that that is something the Eagles wanted out there? That we know. Yeah. Now, I mean, that has nothing to do with the Buffalo Bills this week or the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm, I'm not going to answer those comments. I'm not. I'm not going there. Uh, potential for you know leaking information. Do you, do you talk to um, them about yeah. the fracture? Yeah, and those are obviously in-house, you know, in-house uh, conversations. Do you feel the leaders on this team are doing a good enough job leading? Whether it's their position, I think everybody's a leader on this football team. Uh, I do rely a lot on my my uh, player committee. Um, you know, I address certain things with them during the week, early in the week. Um, and can everybody do more? Sure, everybody, including myself. We can all do more. You know, and and uh, you know that's what we got to do. We just got to roll up our sleeves, come to work tomorrow, and, and get ready for Buffalo. Uh, when you looked at the um, tape this morning on that deep ball to, uh, to Aguilar, I think in the second half, do you think he gave maximum effort on, on that, trying to make that? I, I do. I do. It's, I mean, I go back to the Minnesota game, you know, and, and we had a chance to, to hit him, you know, down the middle. We were just missing by about a yard or two, you know, on, on plays like that, and, and uh, but uh, felt like the, um, you know, the effort was there. Doug last Monday on the radio, you said the sky was falling, whatnot. Fans may feel like it is today. What is your message to the Eagles fans to keep them in it? You know, we got nine games left, and and it's 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 a one game season, and. Uh, you know, by no means are we pushing any panic buttons. Uh, we're one game out of first place in our, our division. We win our division at the end of the year, you know, most likely you're in the postseason. Um, and and the things that were, were are showing up on tape are fixable. They're they're correctable. They're they're things that 
Uh, it could be from a young player that's new to the team uh, that we got to continue to coach. Um, and, and, and so the, from that standpoint, you know, the sky is now falling for us. And, and um, we have the men in the locker room to get the job done. And, and I, think, I think where we are and kind of what we've been through this season already is, is going to uh, really bring this team a lot closer. Um, and uh, we got a great opportunity this week. Do you expect any of the injured players who haven't been practicing to return this week? Uh, let me see. Deshaun, those guys are all working and, and, and doing their – they're in their rehab, in their protocols. Um, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll find out more on, on Wednesday. But uh, would expect probably, – probably those guys early in the week probably won't practice. Uh, is Avante still in the concussion protocol, and how much concern is there over him? It's been a, a month now. Yeah, he's still in. He's still in the protocol. Uh, still has some soreness. Are there any new injuries that came out of uh, yesterday's game? That, um, are um, probably the one that's the most significant is Hassan Ridgeway. Um, he's got you know an ankle that uh, caught him in the game, and, and and he's actually being evaluated further today on that. As, as you watch the Cowboys' offense, did you feel like they were picking on your linebackers? How? They were By running the ball? Not just that. I, I mean, they were in more 21 personnel from previous games. And um, I don't think so. Not I mean, you know, it, it, it's, hard, it's hard to say that they were – if they were picking on our linebackers. I mean, it's probably part of their game plan and, and what they are trying to get done in that game. Um. You know, so, you know, I, I felt like, uh, you know, Camus, Camus stepped up. I thought even TJ Edwards, you know, uh, for, for getting more time, you know, played played decent in there. You know, and it was a new week with those guys, you know, of, of getting them in there and getting them, getting them some reps. So, um, you know, I, I just thought that really, you know, as the game progressed, I thought Dallas's offensive line really kind of got after us a little bit and uh, – and which pushes, you know, pushes our line into our linebackers, and, it, and it's hard to get off of those blocks. Uh, you were asked about Zach Ertz and the fact that he wasn't getting targeted. He has been getting targeted early. Did you watch the film? And he said he wasn't double teamed by Dallas early on. Did you see opportunities that maybe you guys missed on him? Um, no, I mean the, the plays we called uh, obviously, you know, had had him in mind on a couple of them. The ball just went to other. To other guys went to went to uh, went to Dallas early. Went to uh, Nelly on the first play of the game. Um, you know, so that's just part of it's just part of playing progression progression offense. How confident are you that you have obviously trade deadlines coming up next week? How confident you have the personnel in the building now to be a playoff team and have success in the postseason? Well, I mean, if you if you look at yesterday's game, I would say that you know we got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, the, as far as the trade deadline stuff, I, I would, you know, lean a little more towards Howie, you know, on that and, and, and our collaboration on that. And, and if there's anything that we can do to, to add value, add talent, add depth to the roster, um, we're going to take a look at that. You know, we do have some things to clean up, but I do think we're talented enough to uh, to make a run here in these, these next nine weeks. And, uh, you know, great opportunity this week. As a follow-up to that, from your perspective. Game, the same things were said about taking accountability and looking in the mirror and uh, coming together. And, and then this week's game happened. Why didn't any of that stuff take hold? Um, 
you know, to, to, I, I got, I got to. It's hard to really answer that question without saying this: that uh, it starts with me, and and I hold myself accountable, and and so, um, you know, I have, I've got to do a better job, quite frankly, and um, uh, I got to communicate that better to the team, and, and make sure that. Uh, that, that we're doing we're doing the right things every single day, not just uh, you know some of the time. All right.